Sorry, Josh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Welcome back to the Plank Show. <laughs> We're on the road today. We're at volleyball. This is, uh, for me, to just be perfectly clear, this is like the start of the season. This is the start of 2022, 2023. The whole athletic academic calendar year, right? Boom. Boom. That's right. And it's kind of wild because with with softball and baseball's runs, and obviously baseball stretching a little longer than it has in the past, we're going all the way into like mid-late June. So it's a little bit different than what we've typically seen, right? Um, but it's still kind of exciting. And what at times, Josh Helmer, I think you would agree, seems like a long off season. For this, it's um, it's like it's rolled right back, right? I mean, I'm sure there's days whenever we came in here on a Tuesday or a Wednesday and thought, this show is never going to end. Yeah, I'm ready if you want to get the next. You good with that? It's up to you. You want to get the next two guests? Let's do it. Okay. But there's been times whenever we've seen uh, – <sighs> There's been times where we've seen shows or days where you're like, this this is never going to end. But, dude, here it is, right? I mean, this is this is the official start. This is the official launch. This is exciting. Thank goodness. I'm ready for it. We, we need OU volleyball back. We need soccer, football, all of it. We, we need this year to get kick-started and going. Well, and I think we talked about it on the show, just kind of laying out the week. We're at volleyball today. Um Tomorrow, we're supposed to have Andy Staples join us on the show. We'll see. Um, and then on Friday, you know, Jackie Wins is coming in studio with us, kind of a, a Twitter rock star for Oklahoma, and she's flying in from New Jersey just in order to, to take in the soccer opener. So it's a, it's a really fun week. We've got events starting. You kind of get that feel that we're kicking back into it. But, you know, we, we still have a couple weeks. You know, next week is game week for college football, Josh. Do you know that? Next week is Nebraska Northwestern in sure Ireland. Sure it is. Which then means we're another week removed from OU and UTEP in the opener. Though I will say, I don't know if now's the time to get into it. I did get triggered by a UTEP Twitter feed last night. Oh, man. And I think it goes back to what, did you see that? <laughs> no, but I. you have piqued my interest. What happened? Are, do, do they think that th- there's one person on the podcast side for John and myself that is a UTEP fan that is right. I, I don't know if they're just trolling us and it's not been something that we spent a lot of time reacting to, but right. this person, I don't know. They've got me convinced that they're convinced that UTEP is going to be competitive in that football game. And it's like, I don't know how to break this news to you, man, UTEP dude, you're about to get smoked. It's a scrimmage. Yeah. But we'll get into it later. I'll try not to get too fired up about it now. But uh, let's just say there was, like, celebrations going on over an injury. And I don't necessarily think that's the – I don't think necessarily that's the way to go Mm. about things. So, anyway, let's talk some volleyball, shall we? Because we're here today – oh, look at – boy, that music is awesome, isn't it? You guys here okay? Yes, we can. Okay, we're live on the air. Don't cuss. Um, is it too loud in your headsets? No, it's just weird. No, that's perfect. It's like all of a sudden you hear yourself and everything, yeah. is, everything is different. Uh, Megan Wilson has joined us. Savannah Davison, congratulations on a great season that you guys are um, off season coming into, right? Is that uh, awesome? yeah. <laughs> Whenever we say great season, we're like, <sighs> but is it when you're coming back from a tough season, 
what's kind of that mindset? What's what's the focus? That, or does it get you maybe a little bit more focused? Uh, it definitely gets us more focused. I think um, this spring we worked, like, insanely hard, and we trained kind of nonstop. Um, and then adding the people that we did um, and the transfer, Adria, um, it all just came together. And right now it's just – it feels great, and we look great, and we keep building off of it. So <laughs> Look good, play good, right? Yeah. <laughs> look, wait, wait. Look good, feel good, play good. Exactly. Is that the process? How about exactly. for you? What was this offseason like? Um, it was definitely challenging, but I think that's what brought the core of our group together more. Um, when you struggle together, you stay together. You know what I mean? So in those hard times, we're comfortable. So it, it feels good. It feels right. I think we're on the right track towards having – a really good season. Um, gosh, there's so many different angles I want to go on this, but uh, for you, Savannah, what brought you to Oklahoma? What kind of sold you on this is where you wanted to be? Well, at first I wasn't sure whether to continue uh, my career coming out of my undergrad, uh, but, you know, I've had my support. They were like, you're good at it. You, you have to keep doing it. So Lindsay, I think, was a great person to talk to about this. She wasn't, you know – she wasn't like okay come on come on you need to do this and she was very our conversations were very friendly very sentimental you know she was like we'll take care of you here and stuff like that I wasn't able to visit Oklahoma because it was during COVID so I kind of just put all my trust in the coaching staff here and I I haven't regretted one day since I've been here yeah, the Mexico State's much different than what you probably have experienced Very different, here. very different. But I think that's what I came here for. So we came off a winning season when I left um, New Mexico State, I think 27-4. and four. And I told Linz, I was like, look, I want to play with the big girls. I want to play in the big league. I want to get better. I, I'm, I'm tired of having e- winning come easy, you know. So I want to work hard, and I want to be part of this crew. Savannah Davis and Megan Wilson, uh, year two for you as well after a freshman season. What was the adjustment like going from, you know, travel ball, well, I say travel ball, club ball, uh, like softball mindset, sorry, <laughs> uh, club ball, and then from a high school ranks to being a freshman, what was that adjustment like for you? Uh, it was like, it was crazy. It, it hit me like a bus. Um, <laughs> well, so I started volleyball when I was like 16, so mm-hmm. I was like very fresh. I still am oh, wow. very new to the sport. Wait a minute, hold on. When did you start, Savannah? Oh, when I was like <laughs> like uh, fourth grade. Yeah, I was going to say, see, that's kind of a late start. <laughs> yeah, my story is pretty uh, insane. I we got say. time. So I played <laughs> soccer like my whole life, and then um, – when I was 15, I was like, I'm tall. I'm 6'4". My legs are going to break <laughs> at some point. And, like, in soccer, it's all these, like, five, six girls who are just right. buff, you know. And so I started to struggle a bit. My knees were my knees were struggling. And so I tried out volleyball, and um, I started playing club when I was 16. And then, yeah, I started the recruitment process when I was 17. And then... Um, you guess, played volleyball for one year and you were getting recruited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't teach height. <laughs> you can't teach height, bro. That's you great. can't teach height. And so, um, so yeah, and then coming from especially high school ball mm-hmm. to college ball, the pace, it took me a, a minute to get used to. It was like lightning speed compared to what I was doing before. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so in soccer, you weren't a goalie? No, I was not. I Wouldn't was, that be natural? It would be crazy. That's what people think. You're I so was, long. I was a midfielder. Okay. And I had some skills, but <laughs> I don't think I was going to really go anywhere with it. So, 
I don't know. I just I made the switch and. Obviously, I'm very grateful for it. So. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of wild. Uh, Megan Wilson, Savannah Davison is with us as we get set for an open practice. They're going to open the doors here at 10:30. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the flowing mane on Dane Summers. <laughs> oh my I mean, gosh. look at that. Look the at kids that. Got some it's legs. beautiful, isn't it? Great. Oh it's my beautiful. gosh. I, he he's let it grow out. I think since COVID, yeah, it's kind of impressive. It's the bun now. It's, it's giving the bun now. He's sensei. got the man bun. Yeah, yes. he's I, very yes. good. Yes. But there, for as much turnover as there's been, right? Um, there's a lot that's the same, and it starts up top with Lindsey Gray Walton and, and obviously Coach Kyle Walton, and you know they've got a a group of people that have been here for a minute. So I I guess what I'm meandering about to ask, and I'll start with you, Savannah. You've worked with different staffs before. What do you see in in, in what not just brought you here, but what leads you to believe you can have success at Oklahoma in the staff? I think the coaching staff, each one of them, brings a different you know, energy to the court to practice, um, you know, so I feel like with a diverse coaching staff, you get a little bit of everything, a little bit of life support, you get a little bit of, you know, that mom from Lindsay, but that hard side of her, that's like, okay, you need to, you need to get this done. And then you have Kyle and Travis, Travis is more on the analytical side, he's very technical and stuff. And then, you know, Kyle is just like, get at it, you know, mm-hmm. you got to get this done. So I feel with all of them together, they just complement each other so well to the point where like, you can look at either any of them when you're on the court and feel like, okay, we've got this. When I moved here, I moved from Tulsa to Norman in 2015, and one of my first responsibilities was calling radio play-by-play of volleyball, Mm -hmm. which I tried to call everything that happened, (laughs) which is crazy, and it was awesome, and it was fun. But what I learned a lot, um, and and Megan, I'll start with you on this, is the importance of having a good setter, right? Having someone that understands each of your strengths and where you want it. Um, I know that at times, you know, that can be be tough, and you you need consistency. Have you seen that consistency in your what you need from your setter during this off season and through last year? Yes. So Peyton Dunn was the setter that we had last year. Obviously, mm-hmm. the only setter. And as a freshman, she was crazy. True she, freshman coming out there to be the setter. It, yeah, she adjusted so quickly to the game, and we connected. Me and her, we connected as soon as we got here, and so. The summer, like the first, I just remember we came here one day for a little extra practice, and it was like the first ball she sent me, and like we connected instantly. And ever since then, it's just been like constant connection, like great energy from her, and yeah, she's great. Kind of like a quarterback out there. Yes. Oh, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's it's the right comparison for sure. I just, you know, when you don't have that, you can you guys so much, right? I mean, you can go up there, you can tack what whatever term you want to use, but you need that placement where it should be yeah. so i mean it's is it reps is it practice is it just like a sixth sense what is it that really leads to that successful relationship i think what separates good setters from great setters is their iq their like their ability to make decisions and to see block because they have to in like almost in their peripheral they have to see the other side of the court right and they have to see where people are and they have to make gaps and isolate people and that's not something that you know attackers and liberos ever have to do right you know, that's what separates them and that's why I say, like, comparing them to a quarterback is probably the best thing mm. that you can do is because they're the only people on the court that have to make, you know, those hard decisions. They have to run the offense and stuff like that. So when you see everyone stretching already, are you like, hurry up, plank it, us out of here, we got to get ready? <laughs> or do we have time for one more quick No, one? we got time. You're good. got time? Okay. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Plenty of time. All right. Um, a lot of people want to come out and see this today. So, Megan, 10.30, when you guys over to get, what can fans expect from this team, not just with an open practice, but as we yeah. get ready to launch into the season? What's kind of your expectations? Um, I think they can expect great energy from us. We are loud. We are happy. We are excited. Um, yeah, we look really alive right now, and it's very exciting to see 
compared to last year. I think it's it feels a lot different. Savannah, so. with so many youngsters, is it odd sometimes to look around? I mean, there's only a couple of <laughs> upperclassmen that are going to be difference makers for this team. What's that role been like for you? I think um, I think I've like. Coming into it, I knew we were going to have a young team, and Lindsay, you know, she was very transparent about it. Like, look, we only have so many like, upperclassmen and stuff. But honestly, with this group in particular, I've never had this before, but it doesn't, like, seniority doesn't matter here. You know, everyone's on the same page. Everyone's motivated. Everyone wants to get it done. Everyone wants to win. And it's it's a great feeling because you don't look at, you know, another person be like, oh, she's only a freshman. She doesn't really know. We understand that. But we also understand that we're holding them to like a higher standard. So it's it doesn't even feel like there's a gap, you know. And right now, for me, there's a five-year gap between the girls coming in. and It's wild, right? It, it is pretty wild. And, I, you know, sometimes I have to stop myself and be like, okay. <laughs> she's I, I gotta be, she's I, five I, years younger than me. Yeah. So, but, um, but no, it's nice. They're, they're catching up really quick, and I'm proud of them so far. They're, they're making a difference, like, right off the bat. You guys can do this, by the way. I just want to let you know. You're great on the air. So if you decide you don't want to practice and just come do the show with me, come on over here. It'll <laughs> we be might fine. as well. Yeah, just a little hobby. <laughs> a little hobby. Uh, Savannah, Megan, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank really you. good stuff. Thanks good luck. So Have much. fun to practice today, all right? Thank you. That's Savannah Davison, Megan Wilson. They were one and two in kills on the team last season, statistically, spending some time here with us. Good stuff, man. How good were they? That was awesome. All right, they're going to go take part in practice. We're watching it every so often. Uh, we'll be pulling a few of the ladies out of practice to hang out with us and talk a little bit about the upcoming 2022 season. See if Andy Pigeon wants to do some radio. She's ignoring me. But this is fun. This is this is an exciting day. We've had the uh, – they had the Crimson and Cream match already, but they're getting set for a trip this week where they're going to go out and play UCA, get on the road, kind of experience that. Uh, they're going through their pregame stretches right now. And we'll get an open practice. Ooh, uh, it looks like they just brought out the unis that they're going to be wearing today. So it looks pretty awesome. Quick break. We'll come back to McCaslin Fieldhouse. OU Volleyball getting ready to start its season. But we've got a lot of football loose ends to tie up from yesterday's media avail with Brent Venables. And kind of what stood out, what caught our eye. And I, can we go ahead and... Can I cue up what triggered me real quick, Josh, whenever we get back? Are you okay with some anger? Sure. If it's it's not the Oklahoma wind from the rugby fields, is it? Oh, is there is is there a problem? Oh, is that from all the wind whenever he was trying to do his interviews yesterday? Or <laughs> yeah, I, it's enough to make you it was grab a- my laptop and <laughs> chuck it through this window here in studio. <laughs> Coach Venables, what do you think about the offensive line? Did they kind of... Uh, how good was Megan Wilson and Savannah Tra- uh, Davison? That was great. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little football next right here on The Ref. It's good to see you. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. All right, we got uh, one segment here to kind of get caught up on some things, and then hold on, hold on. Peyton Dunn and Callie Kamoa is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. All right, we're good. We're good. I think I got this figured out. Um. There, a real quick kind of side note, Josh, There are, there's a lot of softball ties on the volleyball team. And by that I mean uh, staffers that either cross between the two sports or 
maybe worked at softball for a while. They're, uh, the head athletic trainer for the volleyball team is Andy Pigeon, who is awesome. Uh, she was with softball when, um, let's see, softball that would be 22 this year was Mora, 21. Oh, so she was with uh, OU in 19 and 20. Uh, and then Dane Summer is in his, I want to say, third season with softball as their like strength and conditioning guru. And I think if he's listening, he can text me and correct me. But I think Jake Scroggins is not only the equipment guy for softball, but also handles volleyball too. Which, by the way, Jake, if you are listening today, uh, Gabe Eichert is going to Rough and Rowdy this weekend. Of all the people that I never thought I'd be talking about going to Rough and Rowdy for Barstool Sports, uh, Gabe and Caroline Eichert were pretty high on that list, but I am very envious. So there's some cool crossovers that you might have from softball fans to the volleyball side of things, but uh, they're going through through some drills right now. They're going to have an open practice that starts here in about 10 minutes from now. Okay. So you say, Josh, you and John Williams on Locked On Sooners have a couple of uh, UTEP fans that are getting loose? At least one or two, yes. Is it – so it's – is it just pure trolling or – No, think I think it's, it's genuine, man, and that's the most shocking part about it. I- anybody that – anybody that thinks that UTEP's coming here and beating Oklahoma or going to shock the world, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Michael Jordan. It reminds me of that. Uh, it reminds me of that. Uh, oh, what am I trying to say? The um, There was like a Michael Jordan meme that makes around. It's like an old video where he goes, stop it. Stop it. It's kind of how I feel with that. Now, in fairness, this is a much better UTEP team than we've seen in years past, right? This was, you know, you go back to. I've kind of slowly but surely started my UTEP prep. But, you know, this was this was a team that wasn't as terrible in 2021 as they've been in years past. This was a squad that, in, in fairness, finished with a winning record that has a coach in, in Dana Dimmel who's kind of familiar with things. They're not... They're not, say, the Gary Nord or the, the, the Sean Kugler era that was just, let's, let's face it, an out-and-out disaster. You know, they went to a bowl game last year. They're better. But, Josh, I think it's fair to say that you're, you're taking crazy pills if you think that they're going to come in here and try to knock down Oklahoma, right? Crazy well, pills. well, I would consider it a poor start and poor sign for Oklahoma if uh, the Sooners don't beat UTEP, the uh, same UTEP program that lost 42-25 to last November to UAB. If uh, right. Oklahoma can't beat that program by, say, I don't know, three touchdowns or so, that is not going to necessarily – now, it's week one, so you don't get super carried away, but that would not necessarily that would not necessarily bode well. So I do have a – theory in life and it is and I've, and I've had to learn this because i think i think you guys know i'm, I'm a little bit of a i'm of a, a approaching elder statesman status right i'm getting there i'm not necessarily a young say anything on the air or write anything on the interwebs and not worry about the repercussions right i feel like I, a little bit more calculated in my old age 
I saw some Sooner fans getting loose with this, too, over the weekend with the Texas injuries, right? They had an offensive lineman that went down. They had a receiver that went down. They had a receiver that got hurt. I am not a big fan of anyone that laughs or celebrates other teams' injuries. Like, for instance, this morning, um, Michael Hardman gets carted off at Chiefs practice, according to a report. Um, now, there were, were I, I guess Matt Verderam is reporting that Hardman went to the medical tent, talked to Mahomes and Reed after, Andy Reid afterwards, and got on a golf cart to get carted out of practice. So that's, that's a little bit of a different world than getting carted out of practice, but the report's the report, and it's out there. Now, should Raider, Charger, and Bronco fans be like, ha, 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 injury, take that? Probably not, you know, because A, karma sucks, and B, it eventually comes back to bite you. That's kind of I feel. I, I don't think you ever, and I mean ever, should celebrate another team's injury. So last night there was this UTEP account. Someone tweeted it in my timeline, and it was the Ted Roof note was mentioned, and it was like laughing about it. It's like, ha-ha, like you're really going to have your full compliment here with this injury. I don't, I don't know about you, Josh, but that's just – I don't care if you're trolling or, or what. I mean, hell, Deadspin still has the article up that falsely accuses uh, a certain player of, of the uh, use of the improper language during the team meeting the other day. So I guess there's just no accountability anymore. But when you're laughing about an injury, I mean, what are we, what are we even doing right now? I mean, even in stadium, fans have kind of gone away from the brutal nature of cheering whenever another guy is down. But am I, I don't know, am I just expecting too much from the internet right now? Probably because so. Who are, who, who are you to sit there and laugh when a dude goes down that is grinded, that is finally getting an opportunity to play for his dad, that's coming to Oklahoma for Appalachian State? If anything, everyone across college football should look at a TD Roof kind of a story and say, man, I hope this guy gets back. And I guess it's not good. I guess we're looking at, like, what, six to eight weeks right now, and it looks to be a bicep injury. But, Josh, I never understand or I've never understood the, oh, you have an injury? Ha, 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 take that. That's what you get. What, what are we doing? Why is that funny? Why is that a laughable thing right now? It's not, and that's about the lowest form of low for any fan base toward another fan base, for anybody toward an athlete. You shouldn't cheer injuries under any circumstance. Should not root for it. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. What's that? Oh, we're going to go to a break, so then we'll get Peyton and Tally on. Um, Cali on. I just said Tally. Did I say Tally? Who would be a Tally on the team? I am not good at this hearing thing. Um, but I will say this. I, I urge you, be who you want on Twitter. Don't go get it. A couple weeks ago, this was, and I and I didn't reply because I'm, I'm still, it's funny to me. I was laughing because I had tweeted, hey, it's time to stop gassing up irrelevant Twitter site, uh, accounts, right? Because... I'll see you guys fight with Unnecessary Roughness and Brandon Walker, and I like those dudes and RJ, but it's just, what are you doing? Who cares? No offense to those guys and their platform, but I don't care what they have to say about anything. I don't. And you shouldn't really either. <laughs> oh, but they said this about our team. So what? <laughs> what they have to say doesn't matter. And I-, I feel like the greatest thing you can give, and I'm reading a story right now about Skip Bayless and criticizing Bronny James for some reason. Oh, and it's, it's horrible. Just, just horrible yeah. that he's doing that. It's, But it's funny to me because 
we give him attention, that's what he wants. The greatest way, the greatest way to get your message across is to be apathetic towards someone's terrible opinions. <laughs> Just don't care. That's the best way uh, to win. Well, I got to let them know. Well, when you let them know, they win. And I listen, I'm as guilty of it as, as anyone. We're guilty right now as the text line is pointing out to us. No, I, no I'll be the first one to tell you. I'm absolutely guilty of it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that right now. But I had someone that was like, oh, well, you need to stand up. And it's a fake account. It even said it. It's like, wait, hold on. You're getting on me for not having, uh, I guess you could say, the cojones to say, hey, you need to step up. Um, or you fancy to step up and not give these people the attention they deserve. But Or call them out. I think they were mad because I wouldn't call them out by name. But yeah, you're a fake account that's bragging about how you have a lot of followers on another account. I mean... I get it. I get it. I'm part of the problem, but I just, I don't, I'll never understand this idea of overly cheering whenever someone gets hurt. Never will understand. I'll never understand this idea of getting mad whenever someone says something about your team and feeling like I'm going to go fight you about it. Who cares? Who cares? I care whenever it comes to the the making fun of a guy getting hurt because I just think that's BS. But, eh. I guess I'm not here to be the police of the Internet. I'm not here to be your Darren Ravel. I'm not here to be telling you what you can and what you can't do. But I sure as hell feel like you shouldn't do some of these things. I think it's okay to sit a few out every now and then. Making fun of an injury? Yeah, Josh, I don't think that's ever going to be it. No, it's not. And for, for somebody, I mean, look, anybody, but T.D. Roof that's spent so much energy and time trying to Obviously play at a place like Oklahoma, coming over from Appalachian State. You just you hate to see anybody get injured and lose that opportunity this season. So right. probably too much time that we've yeah. given to UTEP Troll City over there. But I'm with you. I mean, it just sucks. It stinks oh, is that, that what it was? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of riffing off what you've brought up here. I, I, I haven't okay. necessarily even seen the tweet, to be honest with you, but – it just sucks that those types of tweets and those accounts, those are the ones that get the engagement, right? Not the positive tweet or thoughts out there for either Oklahoma or UTEP or whichever program or player out there that it is. Oh. Oh, I see you guys. Uh, you guys bullied a dude into a uh, into deleting the tweet. It was tweeted at you, you, the Locked On the locked on Sooner podcast was where I saw it. Do you run that Twitter account or no? No, that is uh, okay. Not my work, dude. You he deleted the tweet. You're welcome, <laughs> my partner. Bullying into submission. This is what we do over there. Oh, um, all right. Quick break for positive. Uh, we, we, we only bully when it's positive, though. Let me be very clear. Yeah, it was this. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. It was the the Jacob Cooksey. Dude, and you, uh, you, uh, you bullied it into a deleted. Cooks, you got roasted, baby. Goodbye. I like it. I absolutely like it. All right, listen, we got a break. We got a break. Enough of that. Uh, was there anything that you caught from the Brent Venables presser that we need to dive into? We'll talk about it next with Josh Elmer. I'm Chris Plank. Plank shows on the road. We're in McCaslin Fieldhouse for the OU volleyball open practice, which is underway. And when we come back, uh, Peyton and Callie, Peyton Dunn, Callie Kanawha is going to join us right here on the route.
All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are at uh, McCaslin Fieldhouse today for OU Volleyball's Open Practice. Uh, Callie Kimaha and Peyton Dunn have joined us year two for Peyton. Yeah. Hanging out. You know, it's kind of wild because it was a year ago tomorrow whenever oh, we did really? it. Yeah, and the only reason I remember that is because that was the first day whenever we had a new signal. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think you were our first guest. I was. I was a little nervous, too. Were you? I was like, oh, no. So I said this to both of you. And by the way, Callie, welcome. Yep, Good to have you, you on. Not like you're new to OU, but obviously mm-hmm. new to us. Um, not new. That sounded terrible, but we didn't get a chance to talk <laughs> yeah. to you last first year. First time guest. First time guest. I, I said this to both of you, and I don't really know how to quantify it, but this it just looks different now that's obvious because there's so many youngsters that went from being a freshman to a sophomore that were in body by dane so you're ready to go but Peyton, i'll start with you what is it this team just looks different how how can we explain that what is it it's just it's the vibe i think everyone's very competitive and we're all kind of we're all kind of like in that moment where we're like all right let's go do something better like we do not want what we did last year and you know she just recruited a good group of girls coming in. So, like, these freshmen, they don't really act like freshmen. And I think we've just put in a lot of work with Dane. And, yeah, we're just we're just like, eager to do something good. Cal, how about you? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it's a pretty fair assessment. I think that this team just wants to go out there and do something special this year. And I think, like Peyton said, our addition of the freshmen has just – and our grad transfer has just really mm-hmm. – leveled us up even more um but yeah the vibe is very different um we're changing our culture um cultivating something new and special that's tailored to us and i think we're just excited to get out and put that on the court but yeah you have kind of a unique perspective callie because not only you know are you a texas girl but Mm -hmm. your dad played ball here Mm -hmm. um brett was a a pitcher for the sooners 91 93 now Obviously, that was well before Callie was was around. But <laughs> for sure, yeah. With, with that in mind, how much did you lean whenever you were making your decision as to where mm-hmm. you wanted to go? I mean, was there a dad being like, "Hey, listen, just want to let you know, I was at Oklahoma." What was that influence like? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely funny. Um, like going through the recruiting process, and OU had honestly always been my dream school. I think, but when you're getting recruited, you're not like. It's not that it was far fetched, but it was never, I guess, that I thought I would get recruited by OU. Right. But once I started talking to Lindsay and some of the others, it like became real. And OU had always been my home. You know, I um, since I was a baby, I got Sooner blood. But um, yeah, it was it was second nature. I remember getting the phone call from Lindsay, and they offered me, and got off the phone, and was like rushing to my parents and my dad was excited of course but he my dad held his cards close I think he my parents wanted me to make my decision for myself but he he definitely was excited about it keep the tradition and the legacy alive but yeah it was an exciting time for sure 38 appearances as a Sooner he started 12 games and had a couple of saves so okay. there you go um Peyton what are we watching right now a little scramble going on Looks yeah, it looks like a little 6v6, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, small ball. Small so it's ball? like yep. you have to tip. And oh, okay. Yeah. You have to. Mm. It's like a, it's a little, um, it's cooperative. So we like do tips and little rolls and stuff, um, I think, at first. And then it'll go into score for small ball. So we'll get competitive. Um, but, yeah. Oh. Right now we're doing some some slides right now. <laughs> we're getting on the floor, getting a little dirty just to get a little warm. But, I like it. Yeah. Okay, so. Again, this is Megan is is a beast on the outside. Mm-hmm. Seeing that she's played volleyball for like yeah. three years, which is wild, <laughs> crazy. But it is. It, it seems, and Peyton, this is 
obviously maybe a little bit more as the setter geared towards you. It seems like you've got a little bit more athleticism on the outside. How does that change kind of the way you set them up? Oh, so we are kind of trying to move Megan on the right side, but with that we bring in, you know, like more athleticism on the outside. So it's actually I'm able to like spread the offense more instead of just it being go-go, like the outside, outside. I can maybe throw it back a little bit to Megan. So So just way more options, way more options. So it makes it easier on me, too, because I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, she can try this or she can do this. Like, I'm not really confined to one person. What what was it like? Now, had you always been a setter coming up? Yeah, mainly. And and you're you're taller than most setters. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit? Mm -hmm. So from your perspective, what was – I've asked this a lot because, again, so many of you are young. Right. But what was that adjustment going from, you know, club and and high school then to the college ranks and Mm. probably playing the most important position? In a lot of ways, yeah, it ooh, it was it was kind of an eye opener for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was a lot of like speeding up, like just like the speed of the game was probably my biggest thing. Because mm-hmm. like high school, you could just throw up a ball and a girl could go hit it, and you'd right. be like, "Yay, point!" But now, <laughs> like <laughs> now, you gotta like think about who you're setting and what who's going where kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely, that was the biggest part of the game. Just being smarter, being which is, is making me better. For is sure. it is it film study? Is it just reps? What was it? A combination of both maybe? A little bit of both. I think now, going into my sophomore year, I've watched more film than I did like of practice. We have practice film every day. But I've been watching practice film now. Like, every practice I get done, I think that's making a big difference. Kind of like making notes, too. I have right. a little sheet of paper. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm into it now. That's awesome. I love uh, film. Callie, yeah. from your pr- – wait, well, you said something. Was that a process to get used to, loving film, or had you always? No. I mean, I liked watching film just for, like, oh, that was a cool hit. Like, let me go watch Let yeah. me go watch You're that watching cool watching it set. differently. Now I'm watching it like, oh, she likes to hit that way. Okay, okay. Processing a little bit. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Uh, Callie, from your perspective, you come in and right away you are, uh, you're all over the place. (laughs) Digs, aces, you can do it all. Um, You you even said it when they were getting a little dirty down there. Mm -hmm. How much pride do you take in that? Um, I think definitely, and Lindsay preaches this a lot, like our defense is a big part of our our identity and who OU Volleyball is. Um, So I think... We take our defense with pride, and I think it's just an honor to be back there wearing the Sooner jersey and being libero. But, um, yeah, we take it seriously. Like, you know, I love digging balls. Like, getting aces and all that stuff is great. But defense is just a fun thing for me. I love it. Um, I've got good defenders back behind me, too, that um, play just as good as ball. So it's just it's a really exciting time. But, yeah, it's it's amazing to be able to wear the libero jersey and play defense. Yeah. So how, oh gosh, this is going to sound really dumb, but here no, we go. Yeah. How do you then practice the risks that you take? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're diving all over the place. You're, yeah, I for mean, sure. How, how can you prepare yourself for that? Um, I think the unique thing about my position is you never know what you're going to get, and a lot of it is just, you know, risk for reward. So in practice, um, we get a lot of reps with defense. So right now, like, you can see, like, Megan could be on the out or the right, and she's just banging balls, and it's just me and my defenders back there just being able to read the hands, read where the ball is going to go, and just really make the move. So, um, but, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, unexpected plays, but um, it's for our position just a lot of good reading and good eyes and 
good posture, and yeah, so it's just a lot of all that combination of things. It's awesome. We're hanging out at uh, Cali Kim Hall, and of course, Peyton Dunn is here with us as we prepare for, well, I guess what we're in the midst of an open practice. Uh, you guys can come by, check them out. A handful of people here uh, starting to make their way in. Uh, Peyton, I'll let you get back to practice with this. Do you come into the season with an expectation, obviously, beyond just wanting to win matches and compete for a championship but knowing the frustration i think at times last year mm-hmm. where, where do you do you have a number in your mind like hey we want to win these or do you just say we're going to come in and compete for a championship so well we want to compete and like that's definitely the goal to win games but right now we want to go we want to win 20 mm-hmm. 20 is our big number like they kind of looked at the like statistics of it and like 20 you can you see a lot of teams getting 20 wins and they're in the NCAA tournament so that's our main goal with that so yeah just that I like but that. I want to win all of them but right. yeah. that's just that's just me being me mm-hmm. but well yeah. and, and then maybe Kelly can you kind of maybe the, the big 12 is a beast right mm-hmm. we're getting ready to go into the yeah, SEC sure. but from a big 12 perspective there's not really a day off Texas is really good Baylor was a one mm-hmm. seed I mean uh, sure. Even going to Kansas is is is, is tough. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to slide anyone, but no, yeah, yeah. No. this is a challenging it's, league. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And I think we saw that last year. Um, you know, you have a lot of these good teams, like you said, Texas, Baylor, Kansas, um, and it's a privilege to play them. Like we, they were fun games. But yeah, the Big Twelve is definitely it's a competitive um, conference. Like there's no doubt about it. But that makes it even more exciting for us, and especially this year with some fresh players out there but yeah we're just really excited to get going i think we're going to turn a lot of heads this year like peyton said the goal is to win 20 games um but yeah we we want to make the tournament this year that's the goal and that's the dream so yeah thank you peyton. yeah thank, thank you that's really thank good you. man appreciate you guys yeah, for sure. <laughs> thank you uh, cali kimaha and peyton dunn hanging out with us and now they get to go back to practice we're at mccaslin field house it's the plank show on the rough all right welcome back into the plank show i'm I think I, I freaked Pierce out during the last commercial break, Josh, and I apologize. I was trying to – my audio cord, you know, this nonstop fight that I have with my audio cord, um, I was into it during the break, and I kind of feel bad about – Just making sure everything's going all right. Pierce a little bit. Now, you know, just it's a process. It's a process. Did you hear a little yeah, feedback, Pierce? Some... Is that what happened? Yeah. It was... Yeah. By the way, I really, really feel very dumb right now. Because whenever I saw that UTEP thing last night that got me triggered that you and John had, re- or that John had retweeted, I thought it was a UTEP site. I thought it was like, <laughs> I thought it was a f- one of those fan sites. Dude, I'm a moron. It was just some stupid fan. I'm so mad at me right now. But I was mad. I was mad online. I figured you'd be proud of me, though, Josh Helmer, that I didn't say anything online, right? You did good. I, I did not do as well. Thank you. I just basically told him he was an idiot this morning. I <laughs> we can't have we can't have bozos like that in our locked on Sooners mentions, just saying a bunch of nonsense every day and getting away with it. It's like get out of here, dude. What are you? God. What's the biggest takeaway from what Brent said? Um, maybe that he felt good about the scrimmage on saturday what is is that is that the big takeaway you think because i mean it, it became obvious that he wasn't he wasn't happy with the way practice went and i think the quote was certainly not ready to play but our guys there was good and bad both ways give and take but i mean listen it's not all going to be perfect all the time there's going to be Mountains to, to mountains to climb, hills to overcome, whatever analogy you want to use, but it's just 
I guess it's part of the process, and everything had been pretty smooth, right? I think in the most recent presser that he did, he got us all fired up when he said, hey, there, there's some guys when you look out there, they're, they're starting to look the part, right? You're starting to see some things we need to see, and I think that got us all pretty excited and fired up. But I guess, Josh, more than anything else, you know, not everything is going to be, oh, yeah, we're going to win the Big 12 this year and we're going to go win the SEC when we get there. There's a process involved in all of them. Yeah, let's hope There's going to be ups and downs. Let's hope he's not yeah. <laughs> taking that approach that, oh, work's done. Uh, we've won the Big 12 <laughs> and it's all over. Uh, you know, th- that was kind of a consistent theme as I've gone back through and just listened to some of the comments. Uh, he, he did mention, yeah, the one day the last two weeks that really wasn't all that good, but the two days since were excellent. And then here's just some right. quotes that I pinned down from different things that Vinable said. Quote, there's a blueprint. There's a formula, end quote. Quote, we're teaching guys how to practice the right way, end quote. So all of that about – yeah, we didn't we didn't have a good day, but since we've had two excellent days, I mean there there just is this foundation that Coach Venables is trying to lay, right? Of hey, maybe you've done something this way in the past, but that's not how Oklahoma football, the standard that we're going to set and live up to going forward, that's not what it looks like. Bingo. And that's what's that's what I think, Josh, is really cool about this process it is just that it is a process and everyone's going to freak out with every little nugget they get out of practice and that's fine that's what we do but i actually i wasn't i wasn't as freaked out about some of the offensive line stuff as others were from yesterday nor did i get too down whenever he wasn't happy about practice it's good it's good he shouldn't always be happy all right, quick break. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. When we come back, uh, well, gosh, final hour right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.